This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and I am here with my good partner, Chris Valente. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic, Rob. How are you? I am great. It's a beautiful day and uh, we've had a great week. Uh, one of the things that what made this week great, in my opinion, was your blog, uh, How to Prepare for Your Sports Interview. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of great tidbits in there. What was some of the things that you were like, man, I really got to, uh, why, why do you, why did you feel like you had to write this article right now? I, I mean, based on what we've been doing so far, it was thinking about why we originally started this whole concept was to provide younger folks some, some key insight on how to be successful and get into the sports world. So as we're going through having these conversations with folks who are reaching out to us and interviews internally at FSM, the Red Sox, just some key things that come up along the way that young people probably don't necessarily know what to do going into those situations and trying to at least give them a guide to help them down the road and a path to success. So that was the whole concept. And I think one of the lines you have in there is going in blind is like suicide. Right? Yeah, it so is. Uh, it's all about research, preparation, and going back to hell. What uh, Lucchino talked, right? He was pathological about yep. his preparation. That's a quote that I think I'll remember forever. Uh, Talk about what you're what you mean by research, research, research by preparation, preparation, preparation. What does that mean to you, and what do you think that it means to the person uh, being the interviewee? It means don't do it five minutes before you walk into the interview right. or the phone call. There's no excuse nowadays to be able to Google the person, look on their LinkedIn, look on news stories for the team. And really have a good sense of direction of where this person has been in their career, what the opportunity is, what the team has been doing, to bring up a conversational piece rather than just kind of wing it and, and have those standard questions that everyone asked and canned. Like, right, oh, what's your culture? Oh, what's your culture mm -hmm. like? Oh, yeah, I mean, let me talk about that, which is important, and we'll, we can talk about that. But it's it's really showing that you've gone out of your way to make sure that you're you want this opportunity. You want this job. You've separated yourself from the pack by doing the necessary steps to get to this point. I also think, too, that uh, it's more than just going down the LinkedIn profile. Oh, I saw that you used to work in Omaha. Oh, I saw that you worked. It's doing more than that. It is really trying to create a conversational piece, right? It's um, trying to find some commonality uh, in your uh, discussion. So it's more than just you know, going through your resume. It's really trying to create a relationship within the half hour, 45 minutes, an hour that you time block that you have to talk to them about it. And that research, it could be a podcast that they were interviewed on. Maybe it was front office features. Yeah, or a uh, podcast that you and I have done. <laughs> right. Uh, or it's, uh, it's something where they've been interviewed before where you can get a bit more deep 
into uh, into the discussion, into the relation, and start the relationship that way yep. on a way more positive note. Well, just just think about the setting. Like an interview, you walk in and you're you're pretty tense, you're nervous, you're, you're anxious. If you can take away the feeling of it being an interview and become more of a conversation, you're going to sound better, you're going to speak more natural, you're going to have a much better outcome than you would if you're sitting there trying to answer what kind of tree you are, right? <laughs> so like if you could, we're telling him, we can talk about the other questions that I hate when people ask in interviews, but it's just a matter of like, there's no excuse anymore nowadays to, to not be prepared. And look, you've done everything in your power to get this opportunity to sit in this room, to fight for this job. How do you do everything up to this point right to have this interview and not come prepared? Like there's just, it's mind blowing to me that people still will show up and be like, I'm just gonna wing this and, and use my knowledge that I think I have rather than come in fully prepared to blow my socks off. Right, and two, it's not just researching the person that you're interviewing with, it's also researching the position. So whether you're going to be the social media manager, you should probably understand what they've been posting on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, if you're trying to go in the community relations uh, program, what kind of community programs are they doing? If you're going in sales, talk about the different ticket packages or sponsorship activations that they've been doing. You should know their business before you even walk in the door because then you can totally. have an intelligent conversation totally. with them instead of being, they're trying to teach you about uh, their business rather than having a conversation about the business. That, those two conversations are way different. Well, think about it, you can flip, uh, this is where you flip it on its head, is you can start asking specific questions that have specific outcomes that's gonna put the other person, not on the defense, but on the more of the conversational side as well to talk about what you just brought up, rather than a generic question like, tell me what the day-to-day -day is like. Like, right. okay, great, uh, we well, need to know that, but. At the, end of the time, at the end of the day, you want this to be a two-way conversational street because you're interviewing that person as well. Amen. So talk a little bit about that, that it's, a, it's not just a one-way. They're just not trying to get information from you. You are trying to get information from them because the relationship that you will have in your work environment, especially in sports. In sports, we're with our coworkers like 80 hours a week yeah. during whatever season that you're in, at least. And if you don't mesh and you don't... Uh, work well together, those are going to be 80 miserable hours. If you don't think about, yeah, to paint the picture, you go to work 80 hours a week and you're reporting to somebody that you can't stand or you don't like or is not going to be a good fit for you from a personality standpoint, regardless of who you're working for or what team your job is, you're, it's going to be awful. Right. So you have to know that if you get this offer, that you still even want to work for this person in that setting regardless of the fact of how glamorous it might think it'd be to have this sports job, it, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to last six months because you're going to hate your life. So you have to walk out of there knowing that you have a good fit with the person interviewing you. Because if this person isn't going to help you grow in your career at this point, at this stage in your career, it's kind of pointless. I also too, what do you think about this, right? So I think when we interview people, especially for a full-time role, and we've got say, four or five ticket salespeople, and we're trying to say one goes off to do other things. Um, we try to bring in the, the other colleagues that they'd be working with to talk to them, mm -hmm. make sure that they all feel comfortable. What do you think uh, about that scenario? Do you think that's good? Do you think that's good for the interviewee? Do you, does the interviewee, should they ask to say, who am I gonna be working with? Can I talk to them? Do you think yeah. uh, that's important? No, I mean, 
you don't spend 80 hours a day with your boss. You usually spend 80 hours a day with the people that are on the same level as you, right? So I think from a culture fit, and we always talk about that keyword culture, is understanding who are your coworkers going to be, and do you mesh well with them when the game's over? Or do you want to go out and have a beer with them? It's the beer test. Right. Is this the person I want to be around, and can see myself with 80 hours a week? Because we we talked about this way earlier on, and we've written about this. Is it's not they're not coworkers. It becomes a family. Amen. I mean, you guys are living together. You're at holidays together. You're sleeping over with Boy Scouts together. <laughs> Scouts sleep overnight. You're doing things that at this stage in your career. That it's always with those people. So if you don't like them, again, it doesn't matter who you work for. You're not going to last there because number one, you won't fit in and you kind of weed yourself out. But it's going to be miserable. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be miserable. So how you get to not being miserable and you get to being happy, if we're making this in a positive yeah, light, very happy, is asking the right question. We talked about um, you know what's the culture like. That is a general question that you Google search and that's it. So. I, if I was interviewing for a place, I'd want to know what the culture's like, but asking the culture question in a different way, how would you suggest doing so? Well, every business has always had issues come up, right? Between right. employees, employee and boss, getting specific and asking someone how they specifically handle any conflict that may arise within the, <clears throat> within the office. What is, their, what is the way they view that? How, how has something been settled before in the past? I mean, also just understanding what the team does for fun outside of work because the 80 hours gets long. Like, what are you guys done for going outside and, like, having a, having a pizza or go bowling, whatever. Like, stuff that you actually do might care about than having this generic question that I'm just going to sit there and kind of look at you and give you a generic answer. Yeah, you're trying to get out of generic questions yeah. and generic Be specific. Ask answers. what you really care about. Like, this is your chance. This is your half hour, hour, whatever it is with this person. Go for it. Ask what you really want to know. It's a be bold strategy. Yeah. It's a be bold strategy of saying, like, I've got this opportunity and I am going to make uh, the most of it. I think one of the interviews that we did uh, with Janet Marie. So she, one, I love this, right? She wrote, she was told to write to the Baltimore Orioles saying, hey, I want to work for you. She got a form letter back that said, we're not hiring. And she goes, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to make it work. And she worked her butt off to make sure that she got into the interview. Good. She got the interview. Congratulations. Then what did she do with it? She had the normal kind of conversations that you have, it sounded like. But then it came to the point, and I think this is where probably where they both felt like they meshed, was she said, Larry asked me to go into the conference room and take a look at the plans that they had, uh, the master plan for Camden Yards. And that's where she was able to say, this is what I do. This is my opportunity. Um, there's that moment in many interviews. It might not be, hey, go into a conference room. But there's a question. There's, um, there's a p part of the conversation that leads you to, this is your time to shine. Yep. When you get that time to shine, shine, man. That's exactly why you've been there. You spent $200,000 to get a piece of paper to give you the right to sit here. Yeah, and right. you've done all that hard work while you're there and tried and went, finagled your way however you did into that room to get this interview, don't blow it. Yeah, like, amen. Go for it. Go for it. Be go bold. Go for right. it. So um, one of the, I think one of the things that you also talk about too is using your references. We talked about this earlier, right, is mm -hmm. we talked about, um, you know, use your network to be able to get you to the interview. We're assuming that this happened. Yep. If you're able to get to that point, 
then you had the discussion, when do you think is a good time to utilize those references again? When do you straddle the line? Because you, the, I, I would assume a lot of our listeners, because we've heard from them, they like, when am I annoying and when am I pushing the envelope and where's that fine line? How do you think people should find that fine line, whether it's a follow-up or whether it's uh, utilizing their network to help them? Well, I'm a big believer, and I do this for the people that ask me for references before an interview, even after I help them maybe get the interview, is to send a note the day before or the day of when they're going to meet. Because think about this. So I'm about to meet with Rob, and Rob's colleagues or reference sends me a note and says, hey, I know you're meeting with Rob today. He's awesome. He's great. He's going to kill it. Hope it all works out. Let me know if you need any more help. I immediately now going to that interview have a trusted source who's told me that Rob is great. My mindset's in a positive mind. I've told everybody else that might be in the interview, hey, so-and-so loves Rob. This is going to be worth our time. You've created this network internally of everyone being excited to talk to you. They're already just, in a positive mindset. Yeah, they're not they walk checking a the box room. of like, oh, I have to sit down with this kid. Let's see how it goes. And people like to work off referrals and people they trust because this is a really hard business to find the right individuals. So if people are vouching for you ahead of time, great. The, 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 the question about like persistence versus annoying, it's a fine line, right? Like, but it's not you doing the outreach, it's your reference. Mm-hmm. So like hopefully that reference has somewhat of a relationship with you or I when they're doing it. So it's not completely off base. But this whole world is about timing. Like if you just wait and try and wait for something to happen and you went through this process, Someone else has done exactly what I just told you to do, and I've hired that person before you even got your reference to reach out to me. Right. I, would, I, I think one of the overarching themes I think we wanted to ensure we drive home, be bold. There's nothing there's – no, there's no negativity about being no. bold. But do not email everyone every day saying right. what's going on. Right, right. There's but also, take appropriate professional steps to make sure you're in the best position to land the job that you want. Yeah. I, I think that's 100% uh, accurate. One of the things, too, is there's also uh, a fine line of making sure that the, you are you're always selling yourself, no matter if you're sales guys like you and I are, yep. or if you're a social media person, a marketing person, a community relations person, a baseball analytics, a finance person. At the end of the day, whether you are selling yourself and for the people who are maybe a bit more timid and instead of being bold, right? I think for you and I, we can go in any room and just go do it. Yep. But for those people who are naturally not that way, what's some advice that you have for them to be bold, but be bold in a way that they're comfortable? Yeah. So, I mean, look, you've applied for this job for a reason. Most people are like, oh, I have a passion for sports. This is why I want this role. If if that's not going to get you out of your shell to show some sort of excitement within that interview, I don't know what is. Right. So, like, if you're applying for a job because you need a job and it's just any old job that you have to take to pay the bills, I understand. You're going to go in there and you're going to kind of maybe be a little bit more monotone. But if this is your, this is the path you want to go down, you got to find a way to get outside your shell because there's going to be people that are going to be inside these interview walls. They're going to look like they're going to run through concrete for me to do anything. Right. You have to bring the energy. And I, I, I get it. That might not be your personality, but you got to find a way to get outside of your comfort zone to express and show that desire without saying the, the fun key buzzwords. Like, have it be on your face. Like, your facial expressions tell so much. Or your research, like we talked about, you come prepared 
with a document which we can talk about or something else that separates you, that's how you get outside of your comfort zone because you might be timid, but you've got to do something that's going to make me think when we're done talking, this is the person I have to have with me by my side in the trenches every day. So go down that road. Uh, you have a 30, you talk about a 30, 60, 90 plan in bringing that to the uh, interview. You just referenced it. What do you mean by that? So, cause this could be the separation, right? I mean, has anyone ever left behind a document for you of telling you how they're going to come in there? This is what they're going to do. And this is how they're going to crush it. No. Would you immediately think that person is on a different level if they did so? 110% yes. You'd probably offer them a job. Instantly. It's not a lot of effort. Like, here, here's a secret. Take the job description, put it back on paper saying, this is what my plan is to come in here and do these roles. This is where you can also fill in the white space like a Larry Freeman or Janet Marie and show, look, my resume only says so much because this is what I have done, but this is also what I'm good at. And leave behind a document that you can read, I can pass on to the CEO or so of and be like, look what this kid did. And you're gonna leave a lasting impression. Regardless if you get this job, you will separate yourself and get you at least to the front of the line. I, I, that's the, it's the key point is how do you, people might separate themselves with their personality. I remember this one time we were, uh, I think Mike Trudnak who runs sports sales for Bucknell, he's gonna be on the podcast. He's already uh, interviewed for the podcast. We were talking about a guy who runs sales um, for Richmond, the Spiders. And uh, during that time, he was in our interview when he was just trying to be a group sales guy. He was a football player, right? And he was like on the edge of his seat. Yeah. I was like, he was so fired up and he was like about to run through the wall, like no matter what I told him. And it's like, Trudnak and I are looking at him like, I, we, yes, whatever, I don't care, you're in, whatever. Yep. And he separated himself by like, I'm gonna. If you don't hire me, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. <laughs> right, I'm gonna kill you. And uh, I loved, I loved the passion. Yeah. Um, he also hired uh, financial people or people who don't aren't normally that way, and they separate themselves in a different way. Yep. Right. So you gotta be, you gotta be you. You gotta be you. Don't don't gotta fake be it because that'll you'll be that'll uh, come to the surface in no time at all, and uh, it won't work. Still be you, but be you and make sure that you're you. Uh, in a way that just is different, right? Different's good. It's, but think about it, like the, the document doesn't take a lot of effort. No. Nope. It's a PowerPoint, make it to a PDF, it's a leave behind, get it professionally binded. This is how I'm gonna come I in I like here. that point. Yeah. Have it professionally binded. Just don't put a staple. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Yeah, just right. go and get some, the whole, say, hey, print this out and bind this for me. It's not a right. lot of money. And by the way, it's an investment. Yeah, like, like $9 Yeah, to get a $35,000 job. Mm -hmm. That's a good investment, right? If you spend right. nine bucks, you get 35,000, you're ahead. You're in. So just just find different ways to like separate yourself from the competition that shows you have, you do care. This is your chance to show on, on a piece of paper beyond your resume of how you're going to come in there and make your new boss look good because this is how you plan on killing it for me. So just do something that's just not so blah. Don't come in and be like, yeah, I love sports. I uh, want to know about your culture. Please hire me. I sent a follow-up note with some handwritten notes, and I uh, hope you call me in two weeks. Thanks. That's what everybody does. It's just, yeah, great. You might get the job, but did you really put as much effort into getting this role as you did in your term paper when you were in college? There was, uh, you said effort, and there's uh, my, uh, the people I work with uh, always give me a hard time because I say this all the time. There's two things in life you can control, your effort and your attitude. 
you can be taught the rest, yep. right? So if you come in there with, uh, you know, the proverbial 110% and you do it with a smile on your face, like people will notice that. People love that. Yep. And uh, I think you can translate that into your first sports interview and say, I, I'm, you know, I'm just coming out of college. I'm passionate about what we're doing. Here's the specific plan that I have. So you've already hit the effort thing. You went above and you went above and beyond yep. what everybody else is doing. Plus, then you, um, th- then your attitude. If you're coming in there, smiley, happy, excited, people want to work with people that they like. Yep. And uh, they want to do business with people they like, right? Amen. People buy you. They don't buy your product. Right. Uh, that's a great for for sales, but it's also great for, for everything. Everything. And one of the things that you got to realize... And if you're in PR, you're in sales, by the way. If you're in... You're selling the newspaper not to write that story because some player did something stupid on a Friday night that you're like, hey, you can't do this because I need you not to. And then you're selling... And if they like you, what are they more inclined to do? Right. A favor for you. They're going to do it. If they don't like you, guess what they're going to do? Write the story. Same thing. If you're an operations guy and you're in charge of making sure that the beer is distributed on time. Yep. And you run out of beer... And it's a Saturday morning. And you call your distributor. You call your distributor. If they like you He'll and go. you have a good relationship, they're going to deliver beer for you on a Saturday when they normally wouldn't have. But if you're a jerk or you're not communicative, uh, that beer ain't showing that up. That beer ain't showing up. So no matter what you do, even though if you're not in sales, it is always, 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 always about relationships and building the relationship. And at the interview piece, at the first interview, that's where you start the relationship. That's where you start the conversation uh, about what your relationship could potentially look like. Yeah, no, I, it's people, it's hard to say no to your best friend, right? When someone's moving and your friend calls you and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I, I need help before anyone can hire movers because you're in your 20s. You hate it, but you're going to say yes. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And then you get to your 30s, you might be like, you know what, buddy? Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not helping anymore. But in your 20s, how many people have you helped move? And it's because you like them. But if you don't like them, you'll find a reason not to do it, right? Amen. It's the same thing. Right, right. That's business. It's business. And it's also a thing when you say, I'm gonna, I need you to help me move. You're basically, if you were to set it to the interview way, you're basically asking for the job. Right? Yeah. You're just asking a question where it's Ask a hard question. Ask for, you're asking for the business. No one wants to anyone ask anyone to help them move. They know you're being a pain in the ass, but right. you, you still ask for it. Right. So at the end of this thing, and you're, and you're thinking it's going well, do you think people should ask for the job, or yep. do you think it's a follow-up type thing? No. How, do you, how do you think they you, should? You, you, you got to this point. You're in the room. You have the person's attention. You can usually feel if it's gone well or not. You, f- you can see yourself working for this organization and with these people. At the, end of the t- at the end of it, phrase it in a way without being too pushy, but say, look, I think this has gone extremely well. I can see myself working here. Can you give me any next steps that I have to take to ensure that I get this role? Love it. And, and then, then stop talking. That t- so talk about that. Like talk about awkward silence and how awkward silence helps. Helps. Tell, tell it about that. It puts you back on the offense and puts now me as the interviewee, interviewer on the defense. So I have to answer that question, right? Like yeah, someone's going to speak. <laughs> like you've asked me a question. I'm just going to stare at you. Like I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> that would be awesome if you did, just, by the If way. I just stared you Doing down. Doing the Bill but, yeah. Belichick, Dana Jacobson's there. Zero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so like just ask the question, short, succinct, to the point, shut your mouth and listen and see what that person says. 
and at least you'll get to a point where you can have some concrete next steps versus, hey, I'm going to send a thank you note and hope they follow up, and then inevitably the HR email comes and says, hey, we're going a different direction. Thank you for applying. Good luck next time. Ask for it. What did, uh, was it uh, Michael Scott or Wayne Gretzky or whatever the combination of the two? I know you're a big office guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, so speaking of podcasts, not to be, we get it off a tangent. So Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher are coming out with an office podcast in about two weeks that I might have to listen to after I listen to ours. Um, <laughs> that's going to like walk through all seasons of The Office and do a behind the scenes. So pretty pumped. So did I ever tell you my office story? Well, you were in Scranton. I mean, you was worked it? in Scranton. So I know, like... but did I ever tell you the rap party that they had? No. So I know nothing about The Office. I've never seen an episode. We might have to end this podcast. <laughs> we can no longer be <laughs> We can no longer do this anymore together. You might have to go watch The Office from start to finish I might, now. I might have to. And I worked in Scranton. So it's my first year there. It's 2013. Second year there. 2013, first year of the ballpark. I work very closely with the Scranton Times, the newspaper, and the guys are great there. And uh, they called me up and they say, Rob, we're thinking about doing this uh, office rap party where we bring all the characters down and the writers and just this big party over a weekend. Would you be interested in hosting something? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Just let me know when. He goes, yeah, it's not quite finished yet, but uh, I'm glad that you're doing. Uh, we're looking at this weekend. Great. No games. Whatever. I'll, we, won't, uh, we won't book anything just in case you get it. Fine. I got a call an hour long later. All right, Rob, we got it booked. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring the characters uh, to the ballpark. We're going to line them up. There's like 12 of them, Pams, Jim, uh, Dwight, the whole thing. And uh, we're going to put them at home plate. And the main producer, I'm not going to lie, I forget his name, uh, is going to do a Q&A and talk about the series. I think it's Paul Lieberman. Paul Lieberman, something, I, something I, like that. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, you've never seen that freaking episode. I never, saw, I never saw an episode. So I go, and uh, so we do this. I was like, all right, great. He goes, but the one thing is, Corral can't come. He's filming Anchorman 2. All right, no problem. We still should have a great event. Sell tickets. There's probably six or 7,000 people in the ballpark. Uh, awesome event. So they go, uh, Rob, um, would you mind coming? We put him in the visitor's locker room, food, booze, the whole spread in the visitor's locker room. Uh, would you come and like welcome everybody to the ballpark? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever you need. So I go into the uh, clubhouse and uh, I give them, hey, welcome to uh, Scranton. The ballpark just opened. We're so appreciative, yada, yada, yada. And I'm doing that and I'm kind of panning the room, talking to the whole room. And the whole cast is there. You know, I recognize yeah. some of them. Not a, uh, and I look and in the corner, I was like, ah, that guy doesn't look, uh, that guy looks familiar. But he, and I turn around, that guy looks familiar. Carell showed up unannounced. Oh, wow. So I was like, holy cow, I know Steve Carell. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we go and we're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We uh, took him down through the tunnel out to the uh, visitor's uh, dugout, and we announced them one at a time. So they would come out like a baseball team, yep. right? So they come out, and they just come out, and they all get these big uh, ovations. And uh, I remember Dwight comes out, and instead of going right from the visitor's dugout to home plate, he did a fun, like, run around running the base, bases. running the bases, and he just had a good time with it, and it was awesome. And uh, then they had, like, I think it was 12 chairs, and there was a 13th chair that was empty. He's like, um, and there is one more. I think Dwight was the last one to come out. And then he was like, well, we've got one more chair. Well, who can it be? Please welcome to the field, Michael Scott. Oh, my. The place 
I've never heard a minor league ballpark that loud. That loud. How have you not gone and watched the series after seeing this? I'm not a big TV guy. Uh, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I, my wife and I, literally put this on every single <laughs> night as we go to bed. I'm not exaggerating. I watch <laughs> The Office every <laughs> single. I'm gonna have to do it. Night. I know. So then I go out there. People are bawling their eyes out. They are overcome with emotion that Steve Carell showed up. Yep. And he was the most humble, uh, soft-spoken guy. Massachusetts guy. Massachusetts guy. We talked They're about that. They're all Massachusetts guys. Krasinski, BJ. So Gold. then yeah. we get, there was an after party. I go to the after party. I start, start talking to all these people. And uh, uh, Krasinski's a mass guy. Yep. Um, BJ uh, Novak's a mass guy. Mindy Kaling's from Massachusetts. Yeah, so we talked to uh, – so they were – it was awesome. And uh, – so that was not, not seeing an episode, not doing anything. You're a son of a bitch. I wish you didn't appreciate that. I, I, I really am. And uh, we had a one uh, young woman on our staff. She was like you, right? Like, loves the office. Loves the office, over-the-top office fan. And I brought her into the visiting clubhouse, and she's losing her yeah, mind, no. uh, mm. uh, uh, crying and everything. Yeah, that's not right. That's not fair. You, well, if you actually so it's on like the, whatever the final season was. Yeah, there's a DVD box set of it. The last DVD of Is the rap party has highlights of the rap party at PNC Field in Scranton. That's hilarious. So they also did like these big like writers conferences where all the writers came in and then like had panels. They had a parade in Scranton. Like it was a big Dunder Mifflin. It was a big. If, if, deal. Well, if you had watched the series, they actually referenced and I think they go to a game, the Wilkes-Barre Penguins game. Yeah, right. They talk about Wilkes-Barre Penguins in the series. Like, it's all about strength. I mean, I'm I'm done with you. (laughs) This podcast podcast is over. uh, Trying to get a good tips for interviews, forget it. Forget it. (laughs) I'm I'm done. It is is over now. But I will say this. There's one thing that we didn't talk about with tips for interviews. We kind of circled back. I'm not sure how the heck we got there. But anyway. um, I talked about the new Office podcast. Right. uh, Which you would not be listening to because you won't have any idea what they're talking about. No idea. Uh, unless they talk about the rap party. Yeah, maybe they will. So if you get there, let me know. So one of the things that we didn't talk about, which I find vitally important, is, all right, what do you show up with, right? Yep. Copies of your resume. Please. Uh, notepad. Look professional. Look professional. Always, I would say, overdress for it. Yes. Oh, you know, if you're a guy, you're going <laughs> I mean, in a suit and tie. I had a funny story about that. Someone showed up for a sales job when I was working in the minor leagues. It was in Albany. And our director of ticket sales interviewed this person, and the, and our, our CEO was a stickler for professionally looking like people. Like you had to be well dressed, or he called, he had a good name for people. He called them goat herders. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, that was the saying. They're a bunch of goat herders. This guy walked in, mud on his shoes, just untucked shirt, a complete mess. And I knew like this guy's got no, zero no chance. chance, zero chance. He's done. He's dead man walking. The director of ticket sales hired him. What? Hired him. Yeah, how'd it go? Not well internally <laughs> from that point forward. The director of ticket sales did not last much longer. And Mr. Goat Herder, let's just say his life was miserable. Because <laughs> he just was not. I knew, I knew he would not be a culture fit. fit. It would not work. Not, not, and it wasn't going to work. It doesn't work. So, yes, please show up professional. Show up with your resume. Show up with that 306090 document. Show up with, like, everything that's going to separate you and make a really good lasting impression. Um, and if you have good questions, right? Like we talked about, be specific about your culture questions. Uh, if there's ever a que- you know, whatever questions that you come up with, uh, it's also good to write those down 
and be prepared when you come with them just so that you don't like have a brain fart in the middle of the thing and you forget what you wanted to have. Be, be ready to go with your, with your questions, with your research, with a couple of talking points. Hey, don't forget that this person uh, went, lived in Massachusetts or, right. don't, or wherever that Just you're from, California. Just get the conversation. Like, I went to UMass. Bring up Antonio's freaking pizza. Like, get me talking. Now you know I like The Office. I've written two blogs and I've had two things with The Office. If you start talking about The Office in an interview, guess what? We're going to talk about The Office. <laughs> Which is great. And I'm going to hire you. <laughs> I, so that's the key to get a job with that. Uh, pretty much. Is that uh, probably the reason I was never hired? By, uh, <laughs> no, man. Oh, no. You, actually, now that I know that, I'm, I, yes, I'm never referring you anywhere ever again. <laughs> I have no idea. This person doesn't like The Office. I mean, I wouldn't on. say I don't like it. I just never seen it. Yeah, that's more, I think that's more egregious. <laughs> more you, egregious. It's literally on TV every day. It's on Netflix. I mean, how do you avoid? How, the, actually, you know what? Now I'm actually impressed. You've avoided, <laughs> you've avoided the Office to this point in your life. Yeah, I have. Uh, even after that thing, you had a rap party with. The <laughs> I never even thought about that's watching. Absurd. I never even thought about watching one. I, I, you're really pissing off our audience right now, too, by the way. I'm sure. It's like a cult following for I, kids now. They love tweet, it. Tweet at me, underscore Rob Crane, uh, and uh, let's talk about... I'm walking uh, out. Let's, let's, let's talk about The Office. Um, let's also talk about something fun that I've seen in a couple places. Big news this week, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, um, Autonomous checkout. Oh, God, AI. We're all uh, going to be taken up by robots. So, in uh, as, uh, as many of you know, uh, we're in the process of building uh, Polar Park in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we just announced with our... Uh, partner standard cognition. This is all thanks to uh, my colleague Matt Levin, who's been working on this two years. He's uh, runs our uh, accounting and our technology of the ballpark, and he's been working on this. So you'll be able to go to Polar Park, grab a, a Polar Seltzer, walk out of this little marketplace, and through your Polar Park app, you'll be able to just get a receipt. I just saw the Sacramento Kings did something like this. Uh, the Mets are partnering with Clear with yeah, biometrics. You use your thumb and you pay for it and walk out. Because one of the worst things that go into a sporting event is lying. Yeah, you paid 100 bucks and now you're in line for three hours. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> makes no sense. So I also think, too, if I am a, a college-age student, I'm also looking like, there's a different way to get into the sports business other than just the teams. It yep. could be through these uh, technological uh, technological uh, changes that are happening. And I think these uh, standard cognition, Amazon Go types uh, uh, partnerships are going to happen more and more and more because like Janet Marie talked about, right? Janet Marie talked about that when they're designing ballparks that the thing that they talk about about most is fan experience. One of the worst things about a fan experience is to wait in line yep. and miss it's two awful. innings of the game, miss uh, eight minutes of uh, basketball or a football game because you're waiting in line for a hot dog and a beer. It's it really is the worst part of going to a like a concert. Like you've paid all this money to watch the event, not stand in an hour line to grab two beers, right? So I'm actually, uh, oddly enough, ironically enough, I'm flying to Dallas on Monday to go meet with Aramark and 7-Eleven to discuss the exact same type of concept of putting like these 7-Eleven quick grab-and-goes around ballparks, military bases, hospitals. Like, think about it. You're at a, you're at a, a game. You can't get Advil, right? Like, right? These like little things that you might need in a four-hour day, there's nowhere to get it. So like 7 is coming up with this concept with the same thing. You walk in, you grab what you need, you scan something on your phone, you walk out. You're done. Done. No more lines. Um, but yeah, to your point about looking at other ways to break into our business, it's not just about working for teams or, or leagues. There's so many ways on the outside of these new technologies that are coming, that are changing, honestly, by the hour, 
every day ballparks are looking to keep enhancing it. You guys are building a $90 million ballpark. It's going to be pretty – the technology you're probably looking at today will be, is going to change, change. Yeah. a year from now, and it will be even more advanced. So, yeah, I mean, it's if you don't get a job with a team, it's not the only way you can get into the business. It's Amen. probably the good, the, good, the good news and keep looking. Right. I think that there's uh, – the ability to get into sports is – a, a lot different now than it was before and uh, it's just more the, so than the team it's also um, with a potential brand side also with you know, this uh, technology is just growing like I mean crazy. start a podcast start a podcast you know what, you know what the, the front office um, report guys yeah so I, I've talked to them and got to them well I mean it sounds like our sister station <laughs> uh, but uh, they were struggling getting into the business and they said you know what I'm just going to start this newsletter and start reporting on news and sports business, it's exploded. And now they're competing they're, with they're, the sports they're, business They're going to pass Sports Business Journal for readership. It's unbelievable. So they took a chance. They did something. With technology nowadays, you can kind of do this yourself. People have talked about it. How do I do a podcast? I'm like, go buy a microphone on Amazon. Right. Just find your buddy and start talking. That's exactly See where what it goes. we did. And it's going pretty good. Yeah, it's great. So one of the things as we kind of wrap up here is um, I always, we always ask this. Social, please follow us on our social channels, uh, our Instagram, our LinkedIn. Uh, it's all at Front Office Features, Facebook. And then look Chris and I up on, um, on LinkedIn. Uh, plus, we also have the Front Office Features uh, LinkedIn page, too. Uh, but we love interacting with everybody. You know it would be kind of fun? We've got to figure this out. Um, I would love to be able to get some questions sent to us, uh, whether it's through our uh, website, frontofficefeatures.com. Yep. Send them directly tweet to us, us through LinkedIn. Tweet Instagram at us. us. Um, the whole thing is we want to be able to create this, uh, uh, make sure that this podcast is interactive. Um, yeah, like what's keeping you up at night as a student or a recent graduate? What are you trying to accomplish? What kind of advice are you looking for that doesn't necessarily need to take a half-hour phone call, but something you just want us to address? Yeah, let's, let's, we'll let's address, address it. it. Let's, let, let's address it. So also uh, go on the uh, Apple podcast, the Spotify ones. Five-star reviews. Subscribe, uh, really subscribe, and resubscribe. Subscribe as much as possible. Share, share, share. Uh, all of that, would be, we would be very appreciative. We also have a, a fun new email newsletter uh, that we'll send out once a week uh, that includes uh, Chris's blogs, links to our previous shows. Um, so all good there. So, uh, Chris, it's been a fun week. It's been a productive week. Uh, and look forward to uh, the week ahead. So uh, thank you again. It's always a pleasure to do these things. Well, you don't need things. to thank me. I need to thank you. But that's <laughs> But by the way, if you don't watch at least one episode between now and next time we speak of The Office, All right, this might be the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have officially ended our You have homework. I, yeah, I have homework. Watch The Office. All right. I'll see you. Later. Later.